0: What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. It's Saturday, so you know what that means. This is a mailbag episode jumping strictly into your voicemails and topics that you guys sent in. That's what we're going to do on today's episode. I'm the host, Hayes, by the way. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me. But let's go ahead and get into the voicemails when we open the mailbag right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central. Your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So, mailback episodes. I always love mailback episodes because it's my time and chance to get to interact with you guys, hear you guys is thinking outside of just like the comments and things like that, which the comments on YouTube can get a bit crazy. That's one of the things that I think in becoming a YouTuber I didn't quite prepare for. Uh, the, the correct way was just how crazy people are in the comments and i know it comes from pl- fans just being passionate about the sport like i I know that's what it's rooted in right but lord knows as fans we could be some crazy ass people sometimes but let's go ahead let's dive into the voicemails this first one is from chuck yo this is chuck uh
1: from shy town baby i am a diehard bulls fan uh number one i just want to say man i love the channel i love your content man i I literally sit down on my couch and just like engage myself in this was really good, man. Um, and I love your perspective and all of that. So a couple of things. I think the, the Andre Drummond signing is decent. Um, it doesn't fulfill every need, but it fulfills some immediate needs like you, you've expressed as far as him, you know, uh, it's going to deter away, you know, people ch- driving to the paint, which we had a, I had an issue with. I don't know how it was going to be when they run that pick and roll with us about him switching and him on guards. Um, but a couple of things. Um, here's a couple of things that I wish. I wish that Tyler Cook would develop better because I feel like he would be a perfect power forward off the bench. He has the size. Um, I don't know about his IQ. Is his, If his IQ is great and he has some things that can't be taught as far as like the IQ thing. Like, you know, you can't really teach IQ. Um uh but I think Tyler Cook would be decent if he would develop better. Um and then secondly, uh, uh what do you think about the Dragic signing? I'm sure you're gonna talk about that. Um I think it gives a safety net for us <clears throat> if Zoe is not ready. Um and then lastly, um is Markeith Morris Available. I haven't seen anything about him. I know he was signed with the Heat. He's an unrestricted free agent, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and do you think that he would fit with the Chicago Bulls um, as the power forward alongside Andre Drummond? I mean, we had that grit in our front court, Andre Drummond, Marquise Morris. That would be amazing. Um, so let me know what you think about that um but yeah bro appreciate you keep doing what you're doing man i support man i'll be sharing your video with everybody videos with everybody like hey check this out man he got a good unbiased perspective you know what i'm saying your perspective is a lot of times unbiased i like when you say i'm gonna wait and see you didn't just like trash the front office so i appreciate that all right bro later appreciate you all right
0: all right chuck brings up both tyler cook as far as the Bulls uh, and, and what they did with him, and Markeith Morris. Now, I'm going to focus on Tyler Cook here first. I will say this. I am surprised that Tyler Cook uh, was it, it was not brought back. But, you know, we'll see if it still works out, a G League deal type, any type deal like that. He may work in another, get another two-way contract from a different team, so we'll see. Tyler Cook showed some promise, right? He showed considerable promise in a time where the Bulls did not have very much size. Um, and, you know, he, he showed that. And he had like a five-game stretch, I think it was, before he got hurt where he played really well for us. Now, again, I can completely see, especially if uh, Marco Samanovich is ready to go this season, ready to contribute minutes at the NBA level, where there just may not be time or space for Tyler Cook. But Tyler Cook did show us some things sometimes. While, you know, wasn't the best defensively, he did show some shot blocking ability, solid rebounding, things like that. Out in transition was very good as well. Tyler Cook is some a player that, you know, I think, if a team has time to develop a little bit more, and I know he's been on been on a handful of teams already in his NBA career um, that, you know, you could have a, a nice energy beast bench piece um, from Tyler Cook. But we'll see what happens with him. Shout out to him. And hopefully he does, you know, make the most out of his career. Now, Markeith Morris, who still is, as of this recording, is a free agent still. Uh, let's go over his averages from last season. 7.6 point per game, 2.6 rebounds, 1.4 assists per game and 17.5. Minutes per game. Now, I think the biggest thing with him is can he stay healthy. I'm um, looking at Markeith Morris, and you know those. I do think he is somebody who he can stretch the floor. You know, stats aren't everything. He is somebody that can offer something, especially if he plays in the correct role. The one thing that I would say is that the Bulls they 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 went to go uh, Bird rights over over MLE. The only thing that the the Bulls had, unless it was going to be a veteran minimum of contract, is that mid level exception. Now, Markeith Morris could be a vet minimum type candidate, but but the thing is, is that the Bulls went with the player already in their system, in Derrick Jones Jr., somebody who played the three, four, and five for them, and and averaged pretty close numbers to what Markeith Morris did. Now, again, no, those numbers aren't anything to 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 scream home about. I would honestly still say Morris is probably the better player than uh than um Jones Jr. But you know, it it kind of is what it is. Really, there it's not enough of a difference, and the Bulls have all fifteen of their guaranteed spots. In the two-way contracts are in as well. They're going to actually have to cut one two-way player. So in time like that is not really enough for Markeith Morris. And honestly, I would say this. I'm more excited about taking a look at Justin Lewis than, than going after Markeith Morris personally for me. But I know some, some fans may want to see us go more sure thing than per se um, an upside like uh, Justin Lewis to see somebody who we can develop. But that's my thoughts on it. And again, Chuck, thank you for sending in that voicemail. Means a lot um he actually sent in two but the other one that he sent in kind of already we we couldn't win because the player got signed so i wanted to acknowledge uh chuck on sending multiple voicemails but let's go ahead and get to the next one this one is from ricky Carroll. what up hey it's
2: ricky Carroll. i got something to say the chicago bulls do not need kevin durant they have built what the last two three years trying to build this team up i just heard a broadcast that they should give up back levine and the Bulls just signed. They should give up William hand, Kobe White, and two first round draft picks. What the hell for? What happened to Kevin go down? Any team that does that, and with the Bulls, look: if Kevin out five games, we probably lose five games in a row. If Kevin out the whole season, media can't wait to eat that up. We do not need Kevin Durant. Our team is fine. Just put the right pieces in there. And Billy get off of that bull would we'll be just fine. People got to realize wasn't nobody expecting for the Bulls to be ten games over last year. Everybody was talking field and six. Now come on now. If you watch the game, the Bulls got jive all a bunch of games, okay? So what I'm saying is that we don't need that man And once again, if you was trading Zach, how many draft picks would you ask for? I know. I said this earlier on one of my calls, but the Bulls might have drafted Scotty Pittman all over again. That might have been what they saw. So that's what I got to say about that. What you think about that? There's no way we don't need that. If I look, here, you know, slip and fall. The first
0: practice game. Peace. All right, Ricky Carroll uh, is against trading for uh, Kevin Durant because of, it seems like what the, what the Bulls would have to give up in a deal like that, and that's really what it boils down to with anyone when you look at. Um, the Bulls making a big time free agents move. It's gonna take a lot, especially because we don't have a lot of draft capital. Now, you know the, the pundits, ESPN analysts, they're always gonna they're 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 gonna they're, that's their job. They're there to come up with uh, and have conversations and say, hey, this team if they can do this. So I understand Ricky Carroll's frustration a little bit on that. The way that I look at it, right, is that in Kevin Durant, you have a generational talent. Period. If you can add a generational talent to your team, you add a generational talent to your team. That's the way I feel about it. Let me know what you guys feel about it down below. If the Bulls were seriously in contention for Kobe White, and it took Vooch, um, 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 Patrick Williams, Kobe White, a bunch of first-round picks, or the first-round picks that the Bulls could give up, um, throwing in something else. like I think if you're starting to throw in tomorrow on top of that as well, you're starting to do a little too much. Now, the Bulls would have to match contracts. But, uh, you know, I think that you would have to do it at that point in time. What we're talking about, like when you have a generational talent, and to Ricky Carroll's point of view, like he's more so looking at, well, if we give up four players for him, Kevin Durant, those four players aren't going to match up uh, to what Kevin Durant gives or whatever else. But I think you try, you, you get the most talent on your team and you figure it the hell out. Pairing a player like Kevin Durant with Zach Levine, Lonzo Ball, DeMar, if he's still here, if he, you know, if he doesn't resign or whatever, still having maybe Iowa D'Sumu come off the bench, still having Dalen Terry as there as a glue guy with defense energy, things like that, still having um, some of the other young players on this team, uh, if Justin Lewis works out, things like that, you go out and then at that point you're more attractive, meaning that more players will be willing to take that mid-level exception. More players will be meaning to ta- uh, would be willing to take that uh, veterans minimum to come and play with a team built around, I think, a core of Lonzo Ball, Kevin Durant, and Zach Levine it would put you right up there with cores if everybody can stay healthy. Now, there's a bunch of question marks as far as health when it goes there. You know, I'm not one of those guys who thinks Zach Levine is a, is a health question mark because that knee is flared up once since his surgery. But with that being said, Lonzo, definitely injury concern. Kevin Durant, since he tore his Achilles, has only played, I think, like 90-something games or something like that. Still a big question mark as well. But with that being said, you give yourself the best time um opportunity with the most talent. And I know some people who watch me consistently may be may be a little shocked by me saying that. Like I was against the Rudy Gobert trade because Rudy Gobert is not a generational talent overall, right? You can say he does some things defensively that's generational. And I can't really argue that point. But as a generational player overall on both sides of the ball, Rudy Gobert wasn't that. Kevin Durant is that if he can stay fully healthy, he's the best player in the NBA in my opinion. Again, I understand where Ricky Carroll's coming from in this. Like it is something that you'd have to look at, especially If by this season Patrick Williams is starting to flash some of that more uh, aggressive and scoring capability, then yeah, maybe you take a look at it and say, huh, yeah, uh, Patrick Williams isn't going to be Kevin Durant, but it's a lot cheaper. You can add other things. I can understand, again, understanding and agreeing are very different things. I can understand where Ricky Carroll's coming from with some of this. I don't necessarily agree. For talent specifically like Kevin Durant, I think you got to do what you got to do for if you're truly in that ring, in 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 the the running for that. Now I don't think that the Bulls are and they aren't going to be anybody who's saying that the Bulls have a chance to trade for Kevin Durant is 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 wishing very very strongly that, that was the case. The Bulls can't get in that conversation. The Bulls can't offer what other teams are offering. It that's just math. It's not going to happen for the Chicago Bulls. Kevin Durant could say, "Hey, I only want to go to the play for the Chicago Bulls and if I were the Nets, I would look at that and laugh in his face." and say, hey, you're going to have to work out how to get there. We're looking for the best deal for us. But, you know, that's my opinion on it. Let me know what you guys think on that one down below. Let's get into this next one for Shea, from Shay, I should say.
3: Hey, hey, what's up? This is Shay. You know, with all the signings, from the signing to Goran Gragic to everybody else like Andre Drummond, maybe the boys are setting up for a big trade for Kobe White where they could get a lot of assets. Have you ever thought about that or have that ever came to your mind? Because the way I see it, I think they're trying to get more assets out of the Kobe White trade. so That's why they're signing guys like Derrick Jones Jr. and like you know guys like Tony Bradley because I don't think that they're nervous about injuries too much, but they really want to sweeten the pot on this Kobe White deal. That's just my opinion. Anyway, tell me what you think?
0: Peace. Alright, Shay thinks about things very differently than a lot of people. Um, I don't think I look at anything that the Bulls are angling to get any more assets for Kobe White. I think Kobe White's market has been set. Um some people say his trade value is low I don't necessarily think that when you hear and it could be a spin from the Bulls front office or insiders but when you hear that the Bulls just didn't hear deals to their liking, it means that teams are offering things for Kobe White, but the Bulls don't want to just settle for anything. Now, that could be the right deal. could be the wrong decision to make. We'll see what happens with that in the long run. But me looking at it, I don't think that they're positioning themselves to get more assets from Kobe White. I think the Goran Dragic signing is just that. It's a depth piece, especially if Lonzo's having some type of health issues. It brings you a player that can shoot the ball very effectively from from. The three-point range, again, his three-point percentage last season wasn't the best, but in in his last full season in the NBA, had very good three-point per, uh, shooting percentages overall. Um, so with that being said, I look at, at Goran Dragic as basically replacing the Matt Thomas role, just being a player that if you need to go to, he's going to be able to pick up the system because he's a veteran. He's going to be able to come in and fit in nicely. He can pass the ball some, sh- do some shooting, and run some offense. That's what the Goran Dragic signing is. I really don't coincide that with Kobe White because they're very two very different players. And while Goran Dragic is a solid three-point shooter for his career, he's not the type of scorer that Kobe White can be, and he's shown flashes of if he can be consistent. So I don't look at those as the same thing. Plus, I look at if the Bulls do trade Kobe White. They have a specific set of things that they want in that deal. And draft capital, <clears throat> capital may be that, considering how much the Bulls have given up, with DeMar, with the Vooch trade, things like that. So they may be looking back to get a lower first round to second round pick for Kobe White just to kind of make things even out. But all signs are pointing to that the Chicago Bulls are very willing and are able to wait until restricted free agency to see what happens with Kobe White. So I don't have any issues or, or doubts about that. But let me know what you guys think about that down below. Do you think the Bulls are trying to position themselves to get more assets for Kobe White? Don't I don't see it, but hey, it could happen. Let's get into this next one. This one is from Steve.
4: Yo, yo, um, my name is Steve and I'm calling from the South Birds. Um, been an avid Bulls fan for so long, but in my opinion, I think the Bulls could have done a lot better in the draft than doing and with their off season choices. Or, I'm sorry, off season choices trades. Um, words are kind of twisted. I, as far as the draft, I definitely thought the Bulls would at least try to address the need of grabbing a big man and that's what we truly need um the drumming signing you know i like him over the potential of people talking about rudy Gobert coming here and everything and for his size and and everything i didn't think he would fit in with the bulls because you know he is kind of slow as far as his movement so at least with drumming we do have a guy that he has great, you know, footwork as far as, you know, his ability to move and defend. Now, the one thing I think the Bulls should have done is moved Mooch because watching so many of his games, he is a terrible pick-and-roll defender. We were burnt so many times by so many different teams with that pick-and-roll, especially when we played our Phoenixers and our Philadelphia team. And I just watched him get beat up and and manhandled on that pick-and-roll so many times. So I definitely thought we should have moved him and got somebody else better to play center. And to me, he had his best days when he was playing with Orlando. For some reason, I don't know if he could get back to that caliber of playing with the Bulls. But hey, um, as far as the guards, I think we should let – Kobe White go uh and it's a couple of other players that we should have you know kind of see what we could pick up in the free agency um Ayo, Ayo I think he's going to develop into a great player um his first year he was doing his thing um the second year I think he's going to definitely have a breakout year um we already have ball um we have other guys that can play the the, the guard position so I think the best thing to do is to ship off Kobe White, and and and, and maybe he can flourish with someone else. But uh, and just kind of shake up things with the Bulls roster, the the signing of um, Christian Thompson. That was, to me, that was a waste of time and money. Uh,
0: if you all righty, so Steve says the Bulls could have done a lot better in free agency. Now, this is a sentiment that a lot of people share. Right, a sentiment that a lot of Bulls fans share right now. That's why you hear some of the um, the discontent amongst the Bulls Nation with the Bulls off season, talking about what the front office did or did not do. Could they have done something better? There are a lot of names on there that went for money that the Bulls could could have afforded. And one of the things I talked about in my video yesterday, one of my videos yesterday, the first one from yesterday, was that looking at what the Bulls are doing, like yes, could they have went over into the luxury tax this season? Yes. But considering the deals that they have expiring, the Bulls are probably set up for their first time having considerable money under cap space uh, next season. And so they wanted to maintain that, it seems like. Look at the deals that they signed. No long-term, big, big-time big money. Both Drummond um, and and uh, Derrick Jones Jr.'s contracts are only, what, less than $7 million combined next season as we go into next offseason. So because of that, it does allow for the Bulls to have, and uh, you know, I talked about this in my last video, the Bulls will have up to $20 million in true cap space if they don't re-sign Kobe White and Nikola Vucevic. That's just those two deals. And letting, of course, Tony Bradley expiring. Io DeSumo would was, he, he, his contract would expire, but they have the uh, right to match and bird rights on them. So what the Bulls could do is delay their re-signing of Io DeSumo to, to go out, sign a big free agent, then use their bird rights to sign Io DeSumo. Then, yes, they probably would be in the luxury tax. But the Bulls are shaped up next season between their $20, $20 million in true cap space, right? And and their a ten another ten million dollar mid level exception. The Bulls will have thirty million dollars to spend in free agency next season because they did not go into the luxury tax for a player that may not have been worth going into the luxury tax this season. Now again, that doesn't excuse it that their their lack of actions and you know making big moves to improve the team. But looking at it objectively and taking a look at it, you can completely see why they would want to do that. The Bulls only had potentially. $10 million trade ex- um, player exception, this uh, mid level exception this year, and a $5 million trade player exception this year. That's only $15 million. You have double that next offseason because you didn't go into the luxury tax, because you didn't commit yourself to any major big time long term money. So now, if the Bulls again forego that next season, then of course we got to have some serious issues about how much this ownership is truly invested in improving this team and getting to championship level. But considering that, considering those things, if they renounce the rights of Kobe White, if they don't sign Nikola Vucevic and he signs with another team, you can get up to $20 million in cap space as well as having a $10 million uh, mid-level exception. That's that's some big chips there to make. Now, that's major chip move possibility next offseason. Now, regardless of that, the Bulls would have to then... Make know a free agent that are feel pretty confident in whatever free agent they do, because they have to renounce the rights of Kobe White and renounce the rights of Nikola Vucevic to get that. Now, we could possibly see if the Bulls don't think that they have that commitment and can't get that major free agent. They they do a, a short term extension with Nikola Vucevic. They maybe try to try to match offers on Kobe White if it's not too ridiculous, because guess what? They can then kick that can down the down again to what there will be. Now, the season after that, when DeMar comes off, that will be the last season in which you can have major cap space for the Chicago Bulls. So we'll see what. it. But you can only kick the can down the road too long until the fan base just isn't going to have it anymore. And how close are we as as a fan base to getting there? That remains to be seen, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Let's get into another voicemail. This last one. This is from Shay again. What's up, man? This is Shay. You know, I was thinking,
3: maybe, I think fans are being a little bit too hard on the front office. Now, don't get me wrong. They've made some questionable decisions that I'm not really with. But when you think about it, they did address the things that we needed. We needed offensive rebounding. Andre Drummond gives us that. We needed interior presence in the paint. Andre Drummond doesn't do it at a high level, but he does it at a good level and he could defend the pick-and-roll really good. They say we need a shooting now. Would I have gone for long longer? Probably not, but we did get some shooting. Now, one move that still question is the Daylon Terry over E.J. Liddell because I think that we should have done that because when DeMar DeRozan's contract comes up, we don't know where he's going, if he's going to resign or not. I think that that would have helped us in the long run. But in all reality, I do think that AK has addressed a lot of the needs that we really need. Anyway, Tim, what you think? Peace. All
0: right, this is kind of the different, the uh, the opposite end of um of Steve's uh, voicemail. And this is Chase asking if fans are being too hard on on the Bulls front office. The front office dressed the needs of the team. Here's what I'll say with this, right? Do I think the fan base are being too hard? Yes. Do I think some fan bases are some fans are being too easy? Yes. It it, it happens. Isn't it in every fan base? You have your radicals, you have your, your passive people. It happens. You have people that do that on both sides. It's always going to be like that as long as sports are a thing. Now, what is my personal opinion? I do think people are being too hard on fans because they just don't understand, right? For a lot of fans, they just understand the Bulls had money, they didn't spend the money. They don't understand the difference between being over the cap. And into the luxury tax, some people keep thinking, Oh, well, the Bulls don't go over the cap, that's cheap. The Bulls are very much so over the cap, they're just under the luxury tax. There's a difference. Some Bulls fans don't understand that. This was the first season that a lot of Bulls fans really got the meaning of what a, tra- a trade was. How many deals did uh, Bulls fans think, Hey, we could just sign and trade it? It doesn't work that way. So, I think a lot of the fans that are being extremely hard on the front office don't really understand the financials of it, don't really understand the limitations that going all in at the wrong time could provide your team looking at like a a Phoenix Sun situation, being hard capped and, you know, sign and trade possibilities with uh, DeAndre Ayton being very limited. And then look, Kevin Durant came available and wants to go there. And because of certain decisions you made, you've now not necessarily gotten yourself out of the Kevin Durant sweepstakes, but you have to now go about it in a different way and maybe even wait a year until you can get into that truly. So it's those type of things that I think AK and Eversley are looking forward on and they're projecting and they're 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 taking calculated risk. But some of this absolutely is ownership's inability to spend too. At some point, all this is gonna come to a head and we're gonna see the real answers on what's going on with the Bulls. Like I said, next offseason, potentially $30 million in spending power. The next offseason, if they do kick that down the road. About thirty-eight, I think, million dollars in spending power if they only sign one-year deals next offseason to then save more till the next offseason. But at that point, you're talking about three years, right? Three years since uh, Zach Levine, Demar Deroz, and Nikola Vucevic, Lonzo Ball came. You you have now wasted three years if you continue to kick the can out down that far. So those are the type of things you got to look at. Yes, some fans are being too hard on the front office, but some are also being equal, and some are being as hard as it needs to be. So it just depends on your view on it. Now, as far as the, the front office addressing the needs of the team, I'll say this. They dressed it in some way, right? Yes, we needed shooting. But adding shooting from Goran Dragic, who's in a position that's your most deep position that he may not get on the court, isn't really adding that, right? Dalen Terry, he could potentially bring that. We don't know. We'll see. He, he could bring what we need in that. We don't know. He shot the ball that from three pretty well, but not a lot of volume there. Can he turn into that? Does his upside of whatever player that he turns into, was it worth not going out for true shooting because of the potential of Dalen Terry? Those are questions that won't be answered quickly right away, so we won't have the answer to those, but those are some of the questions as well. Now, as far as rim protection, they didn't, they didn't address rim protection in a way that I think a lot of us would. We thought they were going to address rim protection and rebounding, by going out and getting a shot blocker, right? They didn't necessarily do that. Drummond, while he can average a block per game, isn't like the type of shot blocker that I think some Bulls fans are hoping for. But there are two different forms of rim protection. There is the shot blocking form of rim protection, but then there's also the playing so good defense that it's hard for teams to penetrate to even get to the rim type rim protection. Andre Drummond does bring the latter half of that, as well as offensive rebounding, coming off the bench and being tougher, bigger than Tristan Thompson. A lot of those things play a part in that. So, yes, I think they addressed it in a way, just not in a way that the fan base necessarily thought that they were going to address it. The shooting needs, I don't really see them have, addressing that in the way that even Mark Eversley, AK talked about, talked about going out, getting length and shooting. That's the type of thing. And then when you're dealing with a Bulls fans, a Bulls fan base. That has PTSD from the Gar Foreman area era hearing, oh, we're gonna get younger and more athletic. And then they did the exact opposite of that. When you hear the front office now for a lot of Bulls fans say something, and then they don't go out and do it necessarily in the conventional way. Some Bulls fans are triggered by that PTSD there and it and it it causes a more vitriolic um reaction. So that's my thoughts on that. Um, let me know what you guys think about that. Do you think fans are being too hard? And if you are a fan, can you admit that you're being too hard on the Bulls front office? And then do you think the Bulls are being Bulls fan bases are maybe being a little too soft on the Bulls front office? And let me know what you think about how they went about addressing that. Now, that was the end of the voicemails. We do have a text message that I'm going to go ahead and re- read off. This one is from the 224, and it says, what would you think of a DeAndre Ayton sign and trade for the Bulls? Would it Aiton for Vooch one-for-one one trade be enough, or would we have to add Kobe or Picks? If we were able to get Aiton for Vooch one-for-one, one, would it be a good enough deal to bypass the continuity issue? All right, here's, here's what I'll say with this. DeAndre Aiton is younger, um, has a lot of the same limitations as Nikola Vucevic. So for that, for me, if it was a one-for-one one trade, absolutely, I would do it. Where you come into some issues with is, again, the base-level uh, compensation. Base-year compensation is what it's called. So DeAndre Ayton is probably going to get a contract between 22-28 million dollars per year. Only half of that applies towards the trade for for salary matching for the Phoenix Suns. So meaning that the Phoenix Suns are sending out let's just say for this 20 let's say for to make it even 22 million dollars in salary, it only counts as 11 million dollars for their matching. So meaning that if even if we were doing a Vooch one for one, they would have to still include another 11 million dollars to match Vucevic's $22 million contract, but then the Bulls can't absorb that $11 million, so the Bulls would then have to send more players back, so it becomes this difficult type thing, right? Also, I do think that DeAndre Ayton is going to go for way more than what the Bulls can offer. Now, is there a world in which the Phoenix Suns look at Nikola Vucevic, say, hey, he's an expiring contract, let's let's do him and Kobe White, let's do the Bulls' 2028 first-round pick, for example, let's do that, and uh, let's let's roll the dice on that. We get a pick, uh, we get some some pieces that we can compete now. If Chris Paul does retire, we go ahead and let Vooch walk, uh, whatever. Could could that happen? I mean, it, where do things have happened in the NBA? But I don't think that that's like. I think when you look at DeAndre Ayton, I think it's even come out that they've said that they want another young star, a potential young star back. So then at that point, you're looking at potentially them requesting either Io DeSumo or Patrick Williams. And if it gets to that, I start, mm, I don't know about that. But um, I mean, it 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 as far as continuity, I think the continuity thing was AK telling us that they were gonna bet on continuity because they knew they weren't gonna get the major type deal probably that they wanted to get and hope to get this season. But I don't think the continuity thing is gonna be a thing as far as if they're getting better talent back or more controllable talent. Again, in this type deal, the Bulls would then be foregoing having cap space at the at next offseason. But at that point, you get a player like DeAndre Aiden, who's somebody maybe that you would have looked at for your cap space anyway. So I I, I, would, I would like the deal, um, but I don't think that that deal is very likely. And I think what the Bulls would have to give up and what the Suns are looking for is not in alignment and kind of difficult when you're talking sign and trade because of that base year compensation rule. Um, but that's my thoughts on it. Let me know what you guys think about that down below. But that is it. That is another mailbag episode in the bag. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for making Chicago Bulls Central what it is. I love how much interaction we've been getting with these mailback episodes later. These have been some of our longer episodes, and it should be because it's me hearing from you guys and continuing to build the Chicago Bulls Central community that we're building. Now, make sure you go and follow the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. That will get read on this uh, podcast on the mailback episodes, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave us a text and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. Thank you guys for making Chicago Bulls Central what it is, like I liked in every episode on. Go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break, Break- Media. Media.